Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, June 16th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The city of Tokyo would need a public bailout if Olympics organizers decide to ban spectators. And the U.S. and EU have finally ended their never-ending Airbus-Boeing trade dispute. Plus, Tim Berners-Lee wrote the code that was the basis for the World Wide Web. Now, he plans to auction it off as digital art. Our global tech correspondent Tim Bradshaw has a preview. The video is a 30-minute looping video of the codes cascading down the screen. It's not quite Matrix-style because it's being typed rather than falling horizontally, but it's that kind of vibe. Our Tim will also tell us more about what the pioneering computer scientist is up to these days. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The Tokyo Olympics are just five weeks away, and organizers have not yet decided whether to allow spectators. It's the biggest controversy right now over an already controversial Olympics. But organizers budgeted for full stadiums and already spent the billions of yen raised from ticket sales. So if organizers do decide to ban spectators or even limit them, the city of Tokyo would be on the hook, since local officials agreed to underwrite the cost of staging the delayed games. And that would require a taxpayer bailout of about $800 million, according to an FT analysis of Olympic Committee finances. The EU and the U.S. have finally resolved their dispute over subsidies for the aircraft makers Airbus and Boeing. And it's about time. The trade dispute went on for so long, many people can't even remember exactly when it started. A colleague pointed out to me it's actually been going on longer than I've been in Brussels. And I've, I've been knocking around for well, 15 and a half years now, so I think, I think it beats me by a year. That's our EU correspondent, Jim Brunsden. He reminded me that way back in the mid-2000s, the US and Europe started accusing each other of giving illegal subsidies to their respective aircraft makers. The spat snowballed into a tit-for-tat tariff war and dragged on. But over the years, the world changed. In a way... The EU and the US used to have the luxury of having a long, protracted, endless dispute about subsidies for Boeing on the one hand and subsidies for Airbus on the other. And I think what's happened over the past few years is they've realised they don't have that luxury anymore because China has serious ambitions in the market for commercial aircraft internationally. And so there's a need for the EU and the US to stop fighting each other. So yesterday, after two days of intense negotiations, EU and US officials reached a draft deal. Officially, what it does is it suspends punitive tariffs linked to the dispute for five years. Now, the thing about these punitive tariffs are these tariffs go way beyond the commercial aviation market. Because what's basically happened here is the EU and the US have repeatedly been wrapped on the knuckles by the World Trade Organization because they effectively keep hauling each other before the dispute settlement panels at the WTO. And what's happened as a result of that is they've both been judged to be in non-compliance with, with previous rulings against them. As I said, this all goes back a long way. And so in the past couple of years, they've actually been able to slap tariffs on each other on each other's products as a form of retaliation. So the one upshot of this is that all these tariffs are suspended for five years, which is like a pretty long time frame. But I mean, realistically, it's over. I mean, the Airbus Boeing dispute is over. I mean, five years is a long time. And there's a whole process now to avoid this ever coming back as a dispute in the same way again. Thanks, Jim. And Jim, I understand that this is your last week at the Financial Times. Um, We're sad to see you go, but... Thanks for all the work that you've put in, all the excellent reporting and the time that you've put on this podcast. Really, we're going to miss you, but best of luck in your next gig. 
my absolute pleasure my absolute pleasure and, and it has always been a pleasure to appear The founder of the World Wide Web is auctioning off his original source code for the internet application. Tim Berners-Lee is putting his famous code on the block at Sotheby's in the form of a non-fungible token, or NFT. The British computer scientist, who's now 66, described what he did to create his digital artwork. So I wrote a little Python program, ran it over the code, over the code files, which generated a graphic file of a poster. The poster contains the important bits of the code. It's a graphic. It's a digital thing. If you like, you could think of it as being a digital piece of art. Berners-Lee spoke at length to the FT's global tech correspondent, Tim Bradshaw, who told me that the lot includes a video. The video is a 30-minute looping video of the code cascading down the screen. It's not quite Matrix-style because it's being typed rather than falling horizontally, but it's that kind of vibe. And then that has a sort of visualization of his signature, his sort of physical signature at the end of it, and then it just kind of loops around. So yeah, whoever buys it can put that on their wall and say, I own that. But the bit that makes them say, I own that, is the NFT. An NFT is the digital certificate that lives on a blockchain and is proof of ownership. Now, this auction is the first time that Berners-Lee will be able to raise money from his revolutionary invention. That's because his code and the first browser was never patented. It was released for free into the public domain by CERN. That's the Swiss particle physics lab where he worked. So why would anyone pay for something that's already available at no cost? In effect, you're buying bragging rights to say, I own this. But that's the same reason you buy a, you know, an original Picasso rather than just the, the, the A4 printout from your HP LaserJet or whatever it is. You know, they're, they're both the same picture, but, but one of them is the original and has the provenance to prove it. So why is Berners-Lee putting this code up for sale now? It's 30 years since he uh, came up with the idea for the web and coded the, the first uh, code that, that made the web possible. And so part of the reason for this happening now is just for him to commemorate that, that milestone. We, we celebrated in 1989 when he first came up with the idea for the web. It was actually not until 1990 and 1991 that he was able to actually get around to putting it into practice and putting code to screen, as it were. So Berners-Lee told you, Tim, that this is his first foray into crypto and, and blockchain, which, you know, if you think about it, is similar to his own original vision. It's decentralized and it empowers people. And along those lines, uh, Berners-Lee also spoke to you about a project he's involved in right now called Solid. What, what can you tell me about that? Solid is really Tim Berners-Lee's attempt to take the web back to his original vision of a, a digital world in which we all own our own data and control who has access to it, rather than it being dominated by a handful of very large corporate entities like Google or Facebook or Amazon. And so uh, through the Solid system, your data is kept in a pod, and that could be your photos, your music collection, your health records, your your bank statements, and you can then control who gets access to that. Uh, and uh, but the data stays with you rather than being uploaded uh, to the cloud. And so one of the 
places that this being tested is in the NHS with um, patient data. There's a trial with dementia patients um, in the north of England. It will have corporate uses as well. And um, solid is a sort of uh, an open standard. And there is a company called Inrupt, which is the commercial arm of which Tim Berners-Lee is also a founder. Uh, and, and that's how they hope to commercialize it. But it's it's very much back to that original spirit of the web, which is that the underlying technology is is effectively there for anybody to use. Tim, what was your biggest takeaway from your interview with Berners-Lee? It's kind of a mind-blowing thing to have invented the web and suddenly have it used by billions of people. It came across really as kind of grappling with, you know, that this is a fantastic enabler, but is also it, it can be hijacked by either individuals, governments, or, or companies. So on the one hand, you know, we can all wonder at how over the last year we've been able to work and learn at home thanks to the internet but equally he's very passionate that internet access should be a human right yeah yeah let's uh let's play a clip of that actually yes i think people have realized that the web is uh even though the web foundation has been for years been saying it should be a human right it is you know, let's talk about it as a human right and then when suddenly it becomes can you work from home or not well you know do you have a device and a meaningful internet connection? And suddenly there's a dividing line uh, between those who can and those who can't. Yeah, he's still very thoughtful. And really, the, the letter that accompanies this NFT reflecting on his creation finishes by saying, this is never finished. The web is constantly being reinvented by those people who write it. And so the, the project that he started 30 years ago continues. That's our global tech correspondent, Tim Bradshaw, interviewing the founder of the web, computer scientist Tim Berners-Lee. If you want to see his code turned into art, visit the FT News Briefing on Twitter. Our handle is at FT News Briefing. And before we go, China is struggling with price volatility in one of its most important food staples, pork. Over the past couple of years, fears of shortages drove up prices. Outbreaks of the deadly African swine fever killed off about 100 million pigs, so the government encouraged farmers to raise more pigs and replenish the country's pork reserves. Well, now hog futures have plunged to record lows on fears of too much pork on the market. Not only did the government encourage more production, Chinese media reports say some farmers fattened up their sows to up to 400 kilograms. That's double the normal weight. And to put it into context, it's more like the size of some adult male polar bears. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.